Unfiltered by Jade. Jade. Welcome to the Unfiltered by Jade, where we get out of the box and dive into topics that are sidelined. I look forward to entertain, educate, and inspire. Feel free to like, share, subscribe, donate, and make everybody know about it. Beats by RB Records. Shopping assistance, your style, your budget. Our services include online and local shopping for individuals and businesses, personal shopping, purchasing of company and office supplies, importing and exporting small packages across Jamaica and worldwide, and helping you find unique gifts and items for all events and occasions. Contact us at 876-919-5195 or shoppingassistance2015 at gmail.com. Shopping Assistance, your style, your budget. Welcome back to the Unfiltered by Jade. Today we have with us here Susan Hendricks. And Susan is the podcast host for My Story Living with Lupus podcast. She is the founder for Charlie E and Minnie P. Hendricks Foundation for Chronic Illness Awareness. So, hi Susan and welcome to the Unfiltered by Jade. Hi Jade. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. No problem. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So I want you to get into this. Um, so first of all, for, for those who don't know, what exactly is lupus? Lupus is a chronic autoimmune illness. Um, some researchers call it a disease, but I don't call it a disease right. because when you think of a disease, that's something that you can pass on to someone else. Okay. But it is a chronic autoimmune disease that can damage any part of um, the body, including the skin, the joints, and organs inside of the body. Okay. Now, when we speak of chronic, um, some people may have a different definitions for chronic, but chronic means that the signs and symptoms tend to persist longer than six weeks and often for many years when we're talking about lupus. Now, lupus can mimic different types of other illnesses. Oh. Yes. And um, it takes a while maybe years for them to come with a definitive diagnosis that an individual has lupus. Now, in my case, um, I started to experience the signs and symptoms of lupus at the age of five. Now, back in the 60s, the doctors were not well-versed on lupus and you know some never even heard of it so it was by trial and 
era that I was finally diagnosed with lupus back in 2004. So it took all those years. That's a long time. Yes, it is a long time. And can you imagine a child going out and coming back in the house? I could stay out for less than five minutes. But when I came back in, I was broken out in a rash and my parents thought it was a heat rash but it wasn't I would get very ill after being outside and the icing on top of this all is that um, I lost my hair at a young age okay and my mother was doing my hair and she noticed that my hair was coming out in the comb and in the brush. And she went to my father. I overheard her say, Charlie, it's something going on with this girl. Her hair is coming out. And she showed my father. And my father called me into the room. He said, come here. He said, show me your head. And I showed him. And he told my mother, find a specialist Mm -hmm. to take her to and see what they say. And I remember going to this specialist at the time and he just told my mother um, to wash her hair every day. And it was some type of ointment that my mother had to place in my hair. And my hair eventually started to grow back. And finally, um, I went into what we know now as remission. And during this remission, um, I was in high school. The the symptoms started to occur again and went back to specialist after specialist after specialist. They didn't know. And um, my father owned a business in Nashville, Tennessee, And he told my mother, he said, let's take her to Nashville to the doctors down there. And I remember going into Vanderbilt and they were checking me out. And um, the doctor said, Mr. Hendricks, we think she may have lupus. And, you know, as a child, you don't pay any attention to what the doctors say. I was off in my own little world. And I remember my father um, saying, no, I'm not going to accept that. We'll take her someplace else. And then I went back into remission. And in 2004, I received a call. I was in my office and they said, Miss Hendricks, the doctor would like to see you. And I said, about what? You know, we can talk about this over the phone, you know, there's no need for me to come in. And they said, no, they want to see you. And I said, okay, I'll come on in. And I went into the office and the doctor said, Susan, take a seat. I have something to tell you. And I looked at his face and I said, what? You want to tell me that I have lupus? And he said, 
why do you say that? I said, because I'm exhibiting all the signs and symptoms again. I had lost so much weight that um, people were thinking that I was taking drugs and that was not the case. Um, The fatigue was so intense. Um, The muscle and joint pain was horrific. It was um, hard for me to function on a daily basis. And um, I started my journey again with doctors. I said, I need something more than this because it can mimic some, you know, other illnesses. I needed for them to rule out everything. And that's what happened. And um, I went to a doctor by the name of Patricia Dar here in Detroit, Michigan. And she had ran the gamut of testing on me. And it came up. She told me, Susan, yes, you have lupus. And this is the course of treatment that um, we're going to start you on. Now, the lupus I have, which is known as systemic lupus erythematosus, is the more serious kind of lupus than any other lupus um, because systemic lupus erythematosus, it attacks my um, internal organs. I have had a heart attack. I have had um, liver damage that I'm dealing with right now. I've been diagnosed with autoimmune liver disease. It has attacked my kidneys. It has attacked my lungs. And um, I have just finished a course of treatment for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma because lupus attacked my lymphatic system. So getting back to what it is, um, there's different types. You heard of the systemic lupus erythematosus, which I have, but there also exists cutaneous discoid lupus that affects only the skin and shows up as a rash. And then there's drug-induced lupus, and it's caused by certain medications. And um, neonatal lupus can occur in the fetus of women with lupus. So basically... That's what lupus is. I'm I'm hearing it. I didn't know that there was so much to it. Yeah, yeah I really it didn't is. know that there was so much to it. And the the truth is, I also know persons who have lupus, and I mean, sometimes they're in pain. You know, they're in pain and they can't function well, and you really don't know what it's really like because I mean, you don't have it, and they're not even sometimes able to explain what is happening. Right. 
you know right. so it, it it's it's not even a oh my god it's it's like there's so much to it that boy you just really don't know you don't know because i'm hearing some of the things you're saying is the first i'm ever hearing any of those things before yeah and um you know lupus is not a um one size fits all illness you know you can't um place it in a box and said, okay, all of our lupus patients have this type of symptom. It's not like that. And um, I have been told for people who, from people who are not really familiar with lupus that you don't look sick. Yeah. And, and I would say to myself, only if you knew what it would take for me to just wake up in the morning and sit on the edge of the bed um, just to feel better. You know, it's like for some people, it's like having the flu 24-7, 365 days out of the year. And that's what, you know, I want people to know, no, no, we may not look sick, but we're fighting just to stay alive. And I want people to realize that um, this illness is a serious illness and it affects women of color, especially African-American really? women. Yes, it's more prevalent with African-American women than any other race. That, and that's the thing, I want, I like, why? Is it something that we're doing? Is it, I don't, that's the thing, you know, like, why? Why is it that it just affects this, 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 this group of persons. You know, it. They say researchers have stated that it could be the environment that we live in, and you know, as women, we can feel bad, but we'll push through anyway and say, "Well, we'll go to the doctor and see about ourselves some other time." Yeah. In, in my case, mine is genetic. My grandmother, who um, was Native American, she had it, but they did not know it was lupus way back then. I listened to the stories of uh, my father telling me that he remembers his mother always being in pain and just sick all the time. She could not work in the fields. My um, father lived on a plantation. She could not work in the fields. And when they, doctors took the genetic testing from me, um, they said it passed down. My father had the gene and it skipped my brothers and sisters mm. and hit me. Now I have a daughter and she gets tested yearly. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And um, when I had gave birth to her, 
Um, and this is something I don't know if other women with lupus has gone through. I hemorrhaged oh. and um, it was hard for them to stop the bleeding. And um, I had to stay in the bed after I gave birth to her due to the hemorrhaging. Oh, okay. These are lots of emotions. I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with you. These are lots of emotions. Um, during that time, because you said you had lupus when you were five. You didn't right. know about it until years after. Right. What was the emotions like going through not being able to go outside long? As a child growing up, even as an adult, those experiences, what were the emotions that you were feeling? You know, I would sit. We had a picture window, and I would sit in the window and watch the other kids play. And I would ask my mother, I said, why can't I go out like the other kids do? And she said, well, you may get sick. And um, she tried to make it sound not so horrible, right, but right. you know, being, um, that young and all I could do was just sit in the house. It was a sad time for me. Yeah. It was a sad time. And when I could go out is when the sun was going down and I, my mother would let me out in the backyard. Everybody else was in and I would go and just swing on the swings and um, come on back inside the house and start it all over again. Again. Yeah. But as I got older and the diagnosis came, you know, I could not let or I could not allow myself to get in a depressed state of mind. This is what I have. It was not my fault or my parents' fault or my grandmother's fault that I had this. And I said, um, I know what triggers, you know, the flares. So I had to live accordingly. I could not um, exercise vigorously like I used to. I had to pace myself. And I said, I'm not going to let this stop me from living. And I, I um, did a whole lot of praying and talking to God. And uh, my life is not over. No. It's not over as long as I can get the word out yes. about it. And that um, I know I can't save the world, but if I can help one person, yes, my job is done. Yes. Just by letting them know that your life is not over, you can still live your life. You just have to make adjustments. Yes. Um, Don't sit back and be in a pity party of one. And if you believe in a higher power, I suggest you talk to that higher power and he will help you to make it through to each and every day. And that's how I do it. Yes, yes. But for the process, the process of, you know, going to the doctors and getting these tests done and um, having to hear these kind of news, how was that process 
for you? Well, going to the doctor, um, I go every three months. And when I go every three months, that means um, they're going to do a blood draw. And it's not just one tube or two. Um, I was getting my blood drawn this this past Saturday. And I stopped counting at 13 tubes of blood. And the young lady, before she took my blood, she said, which arm? I said, my right arm is no good. I said, you have to use the left one. And I know um, it does not surprise me when I walk into each specialist's office when I hear, Susan, sorry to tell you, but we have to add this to your list of diagnoses. And they look at me and I said, oh, well, it's just one of those things. What do you want me to say? I said, the only thing I can tell you um, to my physicians is, what is the plan of care we are going to proceed with now? And I tell all my physicians, never sugarcoat anything with me. Give me the straight raw facts about whatever is going on with me. And um, you have to advocate for yourself. You're going through this and I'm my own best advocate. And I try to tell other individuals that I speak with, be your own best advocate. Don't feel intimidated when it comes to your care team, just because they have that white coat on doesn't mean for you to clam up and sit up there and not say anything regarding your health. You have to remain proactive. So with me, it's no surprise of the diagnosis that I get when I go back in there, because believe me, um, with systemic lupus, um, it's going to attack as it has my internal organs, and it's attacking my internal organs now. And you know, um, I had to explain it to my family um, that I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me or have pity on me. Treat me like you've been treating me. I don't want any type of special treatment, but these are the cold, hard facts about what I'm dealing with in regards to my health. They may, my my siblings may not like what they hear, but they respect what I say. And they tell me, if you're okay with it, we're okay with it. And we're here to support you in any way we can. Yes. Yes, that always, always about, so I said about the family dynamics. How does that work? I mean, but you answer that. So apart from even family you have that support from even your friends. You know, your friends will fall to the wayside. Oh, yeah. 
when you when they find out that you have an illness um and i hate to sound like this but i have to be truthful with you it's like what good are you for now oh mercy you know you're absolutely right though yes yeah what good are you for now you know um the phone calls stop coming in the um text messages stop so my circle now consists of my family yeah because yeah. people i can't can let me take that back i can't categorize everybody some people um when you're sick you are no use to them yeah. any longer and that's fine that's fine i'm content with that i don't know i don't you know i've been hearing about this uh, for a while now in terms of so so you have said some poignant stuff and um i'm connecting with it in terms of when you first said you have to be an advocate for your own health i've been hearing this over and over again which means it's absolutely true because as i said initially sometimes you go to the doctor and you know you're afraid sometimes to ask questions or, or to see things i'm learning now that you go you go you spend your money you ask what you need to ask if it is that they're saying hey we don't think this is it run a test get it done find out it's better we find out than not sure and we'll just push it to the side um and the other important fact that you're bringing out and it, it's the first time i heard it it's it's hard to take but normally when persons are going through things friendships fall to the side yes. and that that shows that shows i don't i don't know how to say is it that people don't value people who they say they're friends or is it that friendships are not real anymore it's 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 i don't know i don't know how to you find out who your true friends are and that in my case it was my family Whoa. the ones who i grew up with the ones who have seen me um sick the ones who have seen me in a point of time where i could not walk but had to crawl to the bathroom that's who are my real true ride or die friends yeah the yeah. other ones were just i was just a convenience nice. somebody that could would have a listening ear if you were going through something because you know that i would be right there for you so i was just a convenience to them and and if i can say this and i can't forget the one who created this body uh -huh. the one who died on the cross for me is my ride or die definitely yes most definitely first of all what are some of the survival tips for those affected and even for their loved ones you know um one of the number one survival tips that i could give anyone out there who is suffering from not just lupus but a chronic illness yeah. is for 
you to remain with a positive and prayerful attitude. Yes. For um, the family to be understanding and have an open mind and learn everything possible about that individual's illness and stay informed. And if that particular individual can no longer communicate for themselves, I pray that a caregiver, family member, whatever you are to that individual, steps up yes. and be that individual's advocate. Yes. And um, for those of us with this chronic illness, lupus, the survival tips are, you have to watch what you eat. Mm. I am on a plant-based diet. Okay. Um, it is true that the foods that individuals consume in their body will trigger lupus. And also we have to remember that the food is no longer fresh like it used to be yes. when I was growing up. They inject steroids oh, yes. into these animals and antibiotics uh -huh. into these animals. And you have to be really careful. Change your diet. Yes. Remain with an exercise routine. Um, if it's just... Um, walking up and down your block um, every day or go to a um, fitness center mm -hmm. and join a fitness center where you can be around other people yeah. and it can alleviate not only some of the stress placed on the body um, from having this illness, but it will relieve some of the stress that we have in our day-to-day -day lives. Yes. So watch what you eat, wear sunscreen, um, remain prayerful, um, exercise, but stay positive. Your life is not over. Yes. Remain a fighter and um, remain prayerful. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for that. Um, what are some of the triggers that you have? Um, the sunlight. Okay. Um, the sunlight um, can cause rashes, which will in turn cause me to go into a flare. So when I go to the doctors, um, I take early appointments. Um, okay. Some of my doctor's appointments are at 7 o'clock in the morning or 8. I um, never have any appointments later on in the day because I know if I go later on in the day, I can't deal with the heat or the sun. Okay. Uh, that is the um, main one. And um, if I go grocery shopping, I stay away from the refrigerator section oh. and freezer section of the store. I will um, tell my sister what I may need and she will go and get it for me. Just like when you go down to the 
laundry aisle, those different um, scents of the soap powder, air fresheners, and um, um, softener, clothing softeners. Right, right, right. Yeah, that'll trigger me. So I stay away from that. And two, I have to be careful um, around people who may have colds. Oh, yes, Um, yes. Like um, we're wearing masks now. I've been wearing a mask for I don't know how long. But if I did not wear a mask, that cold that person has and they sneeze, it will hit me 10 times as hard on my body than it would. And I hate to put it this way, a normal person. Yes, understood. So I just really have to be careful and I try not to go around um, anyone new. I don't shake hands and I tell people we can fist bump, but I don't shake hands because I don't know where your hands have been. So I really have to be careful of that. It's a lot, you know, that can trigger, but that is a few things that will trigger me into going into a flare. Okay. Okay. Is the perception of the process, the reality of it? No. Okay. It's, 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 it's much deeper. It goes much deeper. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of hard for me to say. I can speak for myself, but it, it goes much deeper. And you, I can say this for myself. Um, when I lay my head down at night, I ask God to um, abide by his grace and mercy and allow me to finish this course. It's a process that for myself, I don't know if I'll wake up that next morning, but I always pray that he gives his grace and mercy upon my life to finish my course and what he has set for me to do. It, It goes much deeper. You know, I try to take all of the situations that have happened to me and turn them into a positive to assist the next person. Yes. So that that's what it's like for me. Oh man. Okay. Um thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> um you're so I welcome. think yeah, I think you're doing such a great job um with sharing your story. It's very inspirational, and I think you're very strong. Not everyone that is going through probably the same situation or something similar is able to share and talk about it the way that you have. And, you know, tell the exact truth. Be so open. Be so vulnerable. Not everyone is able to do so. Um, But you have have reached a place where you you know what it is. Mm -hmm. You believe... You believe in God and how He is going to. This is this is this is this is the life, yeah. and the only thing that you can do now is to trust Him, yeah, and to move forward um, as to what what is it that you want to do. But you have given people from even this podcast, you have given people the courage to even go through situations, 
and just rely on rely on only God because there's nobody else that you really can rely on. No, it's not. No, it's yeah. not. And you never give up hope or faith. Never give that up. Regardless of what you hear from your doctors, you know, I sit and I let it go in one ear and out the other and say, yes. God has me. Yes. You know, yes. this is man. But God is the only one who knows my journey. Yes. He created me. So it goes in one ear and out the other, and I just yes. keep on moving forward. Yes, yes, yes. Not not, not, not every time that they say something, it means that you accept it. No, okay, that's you right. it Let's, if, if, if a treatment is supposed to happen, it's the treatment time move on, but you don't sit with something negative because the tongue is also powerful. Right. So what we accept also, it also affects us. Right, right. And what we even speak about our own self really affects us. It's it's just, it's a learning, it's, it's learning, it's a learning journey. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, it is. But when you, when you have God yes. in your life, it's, I, I'll tell you this, it's a beautiful walk. It's a beautiful walk. And um, this is coming from someone who has been in the hospital for Christmas, for uh, New Year's, um, was in the hospital every other month at one point in time. And the only one that stood right there with me was God. Yes. And it's, it's beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this. Um, yeah. Can we just tell our audience where is it that we can reach you, how we can listen to your podcast? Well, you can, um, you can hear my podcast on Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, um, any, um, podcast station of your choice. Okay. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at my story living at lupus at gmail.com. I'm on um, LinkedIn at Susan Hendricks. Okay. I'm on IG at I am lupus and on Facebook as Susan Hendricks. Okay. Facebook as Susan Hendricks. Okay. Thank you so much again for being on the podcast. Really appreciate you. Really love having you. Thank you for the invite. And thank you for allowing me to tell my truth and get it out. Yes, yes. And thank you again for being so strong doing so. And continue doing it. Continue doing it. We may not know who it is that you may really have touched. Thank you. Yes, continue spreading that. And thank you again, guys, for listening to The Unfiltered by Jade. And we'll be back next week, Tuesday. Thank you.